Hey Tubes, it's Kim. I've got a question that I would love your help on. Can I get over my shopping addiction? Can't wait to hear your answer. Hi, 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 and welcome to Hey Tubes, a podcast where we are figuring out, can we save the planet, but make it fashion? We are your hosts. Our names are Jess and Steph Dadon, and we are also the founders of footwear brand Tubes, environmentally focused and animal friendly, tick, tick. And today we are very excited that we are going to be answering a question close to our hearts, which is, can I get over my shopping addiction? You might be thinking, why the hell is that question close to their hearts? Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say, I may or may not be a recovering shopaholic. Hi, my name is Jess and I am a shopaholic. I love shopping. By the way, her name's Jess, just in case that was confusing for you because you were like, I thought the one with the low voice was the one called Steph. And yeah. I'm Jess. I'm a shopaholic. I'm sorry, but sometimes I'm not even sorry. That's how much of a shopaholic I am. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So a few months ago now, I wrote a blog post for a kind of blog with the title Confessions of a Shopaholic. And it made me revisit the root of my addiction and where it actually came from. Oh, do tell us. Well, I did have many, many memories come to me throughout my childhood that revolved around fashion. You know, the good old begging your mum on a Saturday morning to take you to Chadston. And just to say, like, I feel like our mum was pretty good about, like, we weren't allowed to get everything we wanted. We weren't allowed to get nothing we wanted. Like, it was a pretty healthy thing we had going on there. Totally. And she doesn't particularly like shopping. We didn't grow up in a household where the mum was super into that stuff which I guess is probably also why I was into it because often you go the opposite way. So I did have this very, very, very strong memory come flooding back to me where one Saturday I convinced her to take me to Target. Oh, when you are young, Target is the coolest. It's the best. And so we went to Malvern Central, which was the closest target to our house. And the reason that I wanted to go there on that particular Saturday was because Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen had a new collection launching in Target. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was freaking fab. And I remembered the feeling of walking into the store and seeing the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen little kiosky thing that they had going on and all the fresh clothes. I remember exactly what they look like. I remember exactly how I felt. Oh, this is triggering. I need a trigger warning here. (laughs) It was like a full (laughs) rush. 
And of course, I like insisted on trying on every piece of clothing in the collection. And I remember standing in the change room and how I felt when I put them on. And I looked in the mirror and I thought that I looked amazing in all of them. You were so confident. I love that for you. Yeah. And then we went to the food court upstairs to be sensible. We weren't like just coming to buy things straight away. But then obviously I annoyed the shit out of our mum the entire time we were eating lunch. And I convinced her to let me get a couple of pieces from the Mary Kay and Ashley collection. And then I also convinced her to let me get a flip gloss. What the hell is a flip gloss? So it was kind of like, looked like a lighter, I want to say. Okay, healthy for children, yes. Yes. And then you flick the thing and a lip gloss came up. And I think I got a pink one and it smelled like strawberries. Anyway... I left Target happy as a freaking clam and alas, I now have a shopping addiction (laughs) for the next 25 years of my life. Now I am 30, hello, and I am still dealing with it. So basically we're blaming this whole thing on Mary-Kate and Ashley. Yeah. Fully. Great. While you were talking, I was remembering you were in Melbourne Central then, right? Like that's yeah. what you're describing. I feel like for me, my lip gloss, it was lip smackers. Who didn't want all the lip smackers? They were like those cute ads on TV and they were all just like so sparkly and like the different flavors. And yes. like they, they didn't even look like anything. They were so dry as well. Lip the, smackers? Yeah. Like they were basically a lip balm. Like you couldn't even see it when you put it on, but like, oh my God, I just wanted all of them. Like the watermelon one that I had, I loved. And then I would go to Just Jeans. Oh, oh yeah. my oh. Oh yeah, baby. The Just Girl. J Girl. J Girl. The little like light blue cropped top with the dark blue rims on the sleeves oh, yeah. and the collar. Oh yeah, that t-shirt for years. Oh my God, I love that. And I feel like I had like some sort of like flared jean situation going on with it. Like that was my favorite outfit. Yeah, that was talking, your look. Yeah, like I remember the rush of that. When you're a kid, what is up? Like we learn young guys. We learn young to just be obsessed with stuff because I remember my child and teen years stuff gave me so much pleasure and I remember as I got older when I would get stuff like once I got to like 18 19 20 and be like wait why don't I have this rush anymore what's happening the high lasts shorter as you get older it's a full addiction and then you just like need more 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 totally anyway that's a whole societal issue that we have so many problems with that's definitely something to think about and today we like we said we're talking about can we get over our shopping addiction so we are both recovering shopping addicts over here. I think Jessica is probably the one that takes the cake because it really continued for her right up until quite recently, I'm going to say. And I still get carried away sometimes, you know, because a gal's got a shop, right? Like she needs to wear something, but she doesn't need to wear everything. And so <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. Also, you should know about me. I am all in or all out. I can stop myself from doing something very easily or I'm just like letting myself loose. So I find it really hard to strike a balance because either I'm not shopping at all, which for the last two years, I basically have just been like, no, you're at home. You don't need anything. I've also been on this huge environmental journey and reading about all the bad things about shopping. So I have not let myself buy a thing and I've felt really good about that. But then I'm noticing now that I'm coming out of ice and I'm like, oh, you know, I would maybe like a couple of things that I'm finding it really hard to control the urges. Mm. The urges are still there. Yeah, totally. I think for me, the way that I got rid of it was I just stopped shopping altogether. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. You but can it, stop. Yeah, it's hard to do it a little bit. It is hard. Like I haven't really bought anything in the last couple of years and it just makes it easier because it's like I'm not looking, it's not in my awareness, I'm just happy with what I've got. But yeah, I feel you because once I open up to it, it's really hard to just like be like, I'll just get one, please. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we need an expert. Like this question, we need help. Yeah. We need this question. We're bringing out the big guns in this one because we've gotten a full expert on the phone. His name is Rick Schnabel. He is a behavioral expert and leading transformational coach. He helps people change their limiting beliefs and behaviors. And that is what we all need. We need Rick's help to get over our shopping addictions. So why don't we give Rick a call right now? Hey, Rick. Hey, how are you, Jess and Steph? We're so good. We're so excited to be chatting to you because, Rick, we need help. We cannot... (laughs) answer this question we are just not (laughs) equipped to deal with this level of shopping addiction because as we've explained to you and now we've explained to our listeners we suffer from this well you know according to the research though apparently anywhere from about three to six percent of people actually do suffer from shopping addiction but mind you based on a lot of the work that i've done from a therapeutic standpoint and some of the other research that i've read I actually think it's up as high as somewhere in the 80s as far as percentage-wise. Well, yeah, and I would think that a lot of those people would be women as well. So I'd say as women, it's not surprising that we have this addiction. And we wanted to ask you, is it possible to get over a shopping addiction? Well, the, the answer is absolutely yes. I hate to say it, though, other than being, you know, roped down in your lounge room, as long as there's no TV, you don't want to be in front of a TV because uh, TV, I used to be in advertising many, many years ago, so I was very much responsible for lots of people buying millions, actually millions, billions, trillions of dollars of product every single day. And the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that when you're sitting in front of a TV, you wonder where is the best spot to be placing your ad? And the most expensive spot to be placing your ad is in the news. And people used to think the reason for that was because it was prime time. You know, it was prime time, six o'clock, you know, to seven o'clock. And the truth is not that at all. From an advertising standpoint, the reason is if you listen to the newscasters, they tend to sound very much like this and they're very, very concerned and they're telling you about shocking things that are happening in the world. What happens is, of course, it's all very, you know, deep, dark and sinister. And then all of a sudden they go to an ad break and the whole tone changes. Oh, what a feeling. <laughs> you know, and... What happens in that? Absolutely, you're going. Why do I feel so good when I see that Toyota commercial? Yeah, and it's it's this whole experimentation with dopamine, Mm. and you know, dopamine is that hormone that usually is signalled when we are feeling good. So, you know, we like to think that we're wiser than animals, but really we're not. You know, the things that you do to train a dog is you reward, you train, reward, train, reward, train, reward. And we do exactly the same thing when we watch television. And the television prepares us because mentally we're already starting to think, oh, I'm going to shop, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy. 
And but it's not I'm going to buy. I'm going to feel good. And, and and that's what we're doing. And something that you touched on there about the news is it's almost like you feel bad to then feel good. It's like this dip that then you're able to pick yourself up again. Like, I don't know about you, Steph, but I know for me, like if I'm having a shit day, I'm like, oh, like I could just do a little online peruse, you know, it's like a little pick me up. It's the like equivalent of doing a meditation, but it, for some reason, my brain thinks that that's easier to go to. Totally. And I feel like it's applicable to social media as well. And we can kind of see how what you're talking about with TV is kind of amplified because we're always on our phones. We're scrolling through our Instagram feeds. We're probably like feeling really shit because we're seeing other people seem to be living way more fabulous lives than we are. And then all of a sudden you see an ad from a brand and you're like, oh, I want to that. Totally. And I know like, even when I'm on Instagram, like they know me so well that the brands that they show me, it's like almost impossible for me not to click. It's crazy how accurate it is to my liking. And it does feel like the world is working against you, especially like I probably for about three years have been exploring like this idea of my shopping addiction. And that might sound quite extreme to some people, but I think it is a form of an addiction, even if it's just, oh, I like shopping. It's like to really sit back and ask yourself, why do I like it? And it's, oh, it's the way that it makes me feel. And if you're reliant on it to start to feel happy, therein lies an issue, I guess. So like what's actually happening inside our brains when when I'm like, oh, shopping makes me happy. Why? Yeah, well, you, you're totally right. You're totally right, Jess. You know, that that's the whole cycle that, that we get into. It's, you know, it's an addiction when what happens is you're going from just going out to get the groceries or just going out to, you know, have a bit of a look around to see what's around. That's different to feeling low and then going, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm off to get some fulfillment. It's kind of like the people who are more susceptible to shopping addictions usually are people that didn't get enough love as a kid. Mm, yeah, it all comes back to childhood, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't mean your mum or dad is bad or your dad and dad or mum and mum, but it's just your perception of love wasn't exactly there. There was a really, really good book that was written a number of years ago called The Five Love Languages. You know, things that you need, like me as a kid growing up, I needed touch. And, you know, my parents were, you know, Germanic and an emphasis on the manic. And, you know, they didn't touch, you know, they told you what to do. And so it wasn't that they were bad people. It's just my love language wasn't met. I wasn't getting enough hugs. So the thing that we understand with shopping, usually when we have it as an addiction, it's because we are fulfilling that level of love. We are getting that level of love. And even, you know, like a lot of the statistics talk about the fact that shopping is about getting more. We want more. And usually we want more because we want to be more. We want to be greater. We want to be better. And why? Because at some level we feel we're not that great. And so, so that's, that's where the shopping addiction kicks in. 
It's super interesting because we were chatting earlier about how a lot of, you know, our shopping, early shopping addiction memories were as children and talking about how that did happen, you know, when we were like as young as eight or 10, you obviously, even as a kid, you start to learn to like fill those little gaps in like, oh, I'm not feeling that great. Oh, this makes me feel good. So I'm going to chase this. So what techniques have you found that are the most useful in getting people over a shopping addiction? Obviously, like everyone needs to go to therapy and work through this stuff, but there are, you know, are there small little things that people can be doing to start to take those steps? Oh, geez. What can people do on their own? <laughs> well, first of all, I think one of the greatest things to halt an addiction is a reality check. I have spent endless nights laying in bed thinking, how can I help people get there quicker? How can I help people get there quicker? And one of the things that I put together was uh, essentially a formula. You know, I get a lot of people coming to me for all sorts of things. So I have to have formulas. The very first part of the formula is desire. You really have to want to get out of the problem. You've got to go deep into the problem as to what it's really costing you. And it's not just financial, it's actually self-esteem in the in the area of shopping addiction. That's really the biggest price we're paying. We're paying that price with self-esteem. I know it's important to look good. I know it's important to feel good. However, when you've got to keep putting things on our body, on our skin, on our head, in our driveway, etc., etc., we're turning into a ridiculous materialistic planet that in truth is unsustainable. Well, I don't fully know whether that is absolutely true, but I believe in my heart it, it is. is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, You're the expert on the shopping addiction and we're the expert in telling you that it absolutely is. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, I want to hear that, but it's our self-esteem. We've got to get to the point that we can wear almost any crap and still feel good. Drive any junk heap and still feel good. Live in any house and still feel good. So the answer to a sustainable life, it isn't about not buying stuff. It's about lifting our self-esteem. It's mindset. I've always said that, you know, if we're going to have a better planet, we've got to have a better mind because it's our minds that are deciding that we've got to go out and buy just to feel good. So I love that we're really getting to the root here and we're thinking about, you know, childhood and you're saying that like it's about building our self-esteem. Do you have any tips on how people can build their self-esteem? Yeah, um, actually, I'm just creating a video right now about one way to build self-esteem. And the first thing that you do to build self-esteem is you raise your standards. I'm a big, big believer in keeping your frequency high and, you know, through eating really good food to be able to say, this is who I'm going to be. And don't expect others to be there, but you model it. And you say, look, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to say what's on my mind. I'm not going to edit. I am, of course, going to be respectful, but that's going to be me. They're my standards. I love what you touched on there. Who am I going to be? It's something that we've talked about in our office before with our team, because often this idea gets brought up of, oh, I wish I could be the type of person that X, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I remember it came up when I started ocean swimming and it was a big discussion. Oh, I wish I could be the type of person that ocean swam. That's what I used to think about myself as well. And then yeah. when I started doing it, I was like, 
oh, the only difference between me and them is that they're doing it and I'm not. And the second you start doing something, you become the person that. And it's a really funny trick that our mind plays on us to keep us small. But the moment we feel that coming on and we're actually able to push past it, that's when we're able to raise our standards, as you call it. And I just love so much how you really are reiterating this idea that change is possible because I think we forget that, you know, we think we are our habits and our addictions. And it's just such, it's so nice to hear that reiterated from you that change is possible and also that everything is linked. And if we're dealing with shopping addiction and if we're not eating well, and if we're not that happy, like all of these things are linked. So by dealing with, you know, this shopping addiction, even if it is fueled by the environment, your life is just going to be all the better for it in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that we've got to be careful of is, is, is not to judge. You know, if someone goes out and they buy a million outfits, say la vie, you know, it's a choice that they have. Yeah, totally. There's no need to judge yourself if you do it. It's happened. There's a reason that you're doing it and it's something that you can shift. Yeah. And like the most important part probably in that is to notice like so often we're just in this like robotic state that we're making these decisions and we're not even really noticing. We're just so on autopilot. But to be able to zoom out and actually cultivate the awareness that, oh, like I was in my addiction phase or like, oh, I was just shopping to make myself feel happy that day. I feel like that's a nice place to start. And there was something, Rick, that we really wanted to chat to you about. Earlier, we did chat about this idea that Steph and I are really good at like going cold tofurkey and not shopping at all and just totally putting it out of our mind or we're in like the shop, 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 shop. And we, it's really hard to strike a balance. And so Do we have the ability to strike that balance or are you of the mindset that cold tofurkey is better? I I think that anyone can do anything. And I I believe that if you you have the will, you know, I mean, it's one thing we were given as our birthright, our free will. And will is something that you can build, but you've got to have a reason to build it. Something I did with a group of students recently is I said to them, most people think about lunch or think about dinner, and that's about as far as they think. Some people think in a lifetime, what could I achieve in this lifetime? But I posed this question to this group and I said, you know, and they're all coaches because I I teach life coaches. And I said, guys, what if instead you focus in a thousand years? So it means that you may disappear when you're 100 or 120 or whatever it is, but what if you thought in a thousand years? So if we're, you know, bringing it back to shopping, if we're going there and we're constantly going buying things to fill a hole in our self-esteem, well, then just stop buying the things. Build your self-esteem, raise your standards, improve your beliefs, improve your care about others and, you know, leave, leave the best possible footprint behind. And that, that's how you make a difference. So what I'm hearing is that service yourself first. If you're going to the shopping to fill the holes inside of yourself, then maybe it's okay to stop to really look inside. And then, you know, from a place of feeling really great, then 
shop, like, because, you know, from that healthy place rather than from that depleted place. Thank you so much, Rick. We'll definitely link to, so people can find you in the show notes. And I'm sure they'd love to hear more from you because I'd love to hear more from you. Cool. Hey, Tubes! Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, that was a total delight speaking to Rick. Feel like I did not know we were going down the self-work route today and I'm really happy about it. Mm, Same. I love talking about inner child stuff. This is literally what our old podcast was about. Yeah, like if you liked it, you should probably go listen to How to Live the Podcast. Definitely, because we talk about a lot of this kind of stuff there and we have two years worth of episodes. Also, one time we had Meg Ryan on our podcast, just saying. (laughs) And if you are interested in this inner child work stuff, what are the best books I've read about this is called Homecoming. It's by John Bradshaw and it's a really excellent read and I definitely recommend it. I'm going to read it. I've never read that before. Read it. It's great. Okay. Now we've got something special in store for you. We're going to head into a little segment we like to call Confessions of a Shopaholic. Shock horror that this is a segment we chose for this episode. But it's going to go down a little differently today. Mm -hmm. And that is because it is Confessions of a Shopaholic Pet Edition. Pet Edition. We thought this was great because we've talked a lot about all the things we've bought for ourselves. But what ridiculous things have we bought for our pets? I am very happy to kick us off. So when I was thinking about this, I was like, hmm, I actually spent not a lot of money on my pet, which was great because I got a purebred golden retriever. But because he was a rescue, he was a bargain. Total bug. Total bargain. Best buy I've ever made. I feel like golden retrievers cost like upwards of five grand these days. And I think Panther cost a couple of hundred bucks and he's worth way more than that. And he came fully trained. So that is not my confession. But my confession is recently when I was doing my house in Byron, all pretty, I got a little bit carried away and I was buying like my final piece. It was a coffee table or something. I was buying it at one of my favorite stores in Byron online because I'm lazy and I didn't go down the street to buy it. I just bought it online. And when I was there, I was like, oh my God, Renan, look at this adorable rattan dog bed. Because, you know, everything in Byron is rattan. <laughs> and I was it's like, very natural. Very natural. Yeah, it's good for the environment in a way, but also don't buy more stuff than you need. Panther has a very great working bed where we are. But I was like, this is so cute. I need it. So I bought this rattan dog bed. It had like four legs on it. So it's raised off the ground. And so cute. So cute. It had this white cushion on it. So impractical. He comes in like five times a day with muddy paws from the garden. <laughs> and I checked out with it. And the second I checked out with it, I was like, 
why the hell did I just buy that? That was so dumb. I think I bought it in white and it was so much nicer in natural rattan as well. So like, and I think that was, it was sold out in natural and I just went for it and bought it and it was so, so silly. Anyway, that is not the end of the story because I was later in the store a couple of weeks later and I was like, hey, I'm waiting on this coffee table order. Like what's happening? And also where's my dog bed? And they checked and they were like, oh, we're so sorry. The dog beds are actually out of stock, but we can put through the order for you for when it comes back, it's on pre-order now in a few months. And I was like, perfect, cancel the dog bed. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So I actually, yes. I did buy it. Take that. I know. I somehow got out Hoppa. of that purchase. But now if I do see it back in natural rattan, I might be tempted. No. We'll see. If he wears out his current bed, then I wouldn't rule it out. Well, Sonny did chew up the pillow on his current bed. There you and go. the pillow is a very important element of the bed. So Okay. I'm confessing. So I have this scenario with Snow White, my cat, where she's an indoor cat. We grew up with an outdoor cat. So I just have this underlying guilt about the fact that she's an indoor cat. And I feel bad for her, like her life is boring. Even though we like play with her and we love her, we cuddle her, she sits in the sun. She has like a nice life. But she doesn't go on outdoor adventures. She doesn't go on outdoor adventures and I feel bad about that. So anytime I go to Pet Barn to buy her food, I'm like, ooh, I should get her a present. Cause like, I wanna make her happy. And like, she's my daughter. And so she doesn't care about anything. She doesn't like anything. She doesn't like toys. She doesn't like anything that I've bought her. But still, I always end up leaving Peppa with some shit that I know I don't need. So recently I, <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know why I was just there and I decided that she was really bored and she was really sad at the moment and that I needed to get her something that would be fun that she could play with when we weren't there. And I found this cat shaped spiky thing that sat against that sits flush against a door. And basically she's supposed to rub herself up against it. And it's supposed to be like nice grooming for her when we're not home or around. And like, it feels good for her. They described it as like, kind of like getting a massage. I think they said like what hormones it will help your cat release. Oh, you know, who because, wouldn't be buying that. That's right? some good marketing right there. Yeah. But the thing is, as previously mentioned, Snow White hates everything. She's never liked anything I've bought from there. So I think it was about $35 and I bought it and I took it home and she took one look at it and went, what the hell is this? I don't need this. This is ridiculous. She's never rubbed herself up against it. And now it just sits in my bedroom, making me feel guilty. And that's my confession. Mm. Oopsie. I should really start buying my cat stuff she doesn't need. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> funny when your shopping addiction gets transferred onto your pets well I just like feel like she's so sad even though she's, she's very not happy. it's just like my human being eyes like judging her lifestyle from there and being like it must be boring but I'm sure she's very happy she is very happy awesome well that is all from us for today definitely if you did enjoy this episode we would love to ask you to rate us five stars wherever you are listening to this podcast and send the app over to a friend do make sure you come and hang out with us in our podcast community on facebook we are tubes a kinder community thanks so much for listening we will see you next monday hey. 
thank you so much to our podcast producer, Amelia Navasquez, our podcast coordinator, Bianca Whitner, and a big thank you to King Cora and Lily3PO for creating our incredible theme song. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we record, the Boonarong, Boonwarung and Wurundjeri Woolwurrung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation and the Arakwal people of the Bundjalung Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.